When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> All right, hello and welcome to the Chelsea Podcast. It's Phil Daniels here. I've got Andy Saunders and Gary Hayes Hello, here. hello, hello. And um, yeah, we're going to talk about Chelsea and uh, God, it's amazing this uh, last out of the transfer deadline. It's yeah, like, I'm, I'm on tenterhooks. God, dear, oh dear, oh I think we're going to be the best dear. transfer deadline day ever because there's matches. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Jim White doesn't get his moment. I know. Well, I mean, are we going to make, I mean, you're the inside man, Gary, Gary Hayes. Uh, from Bleacher Report, that well-known global en- uh, entertainment and sports it's platform. It's no Five Live, apparently. <laughs> um, you're the inside man. Are we going to make? Are we going to make? Because there's all these rumours flying around that we might make a late bid for this person and that person. And there's a bloke coming in from Celtic and all sorts of stuff. Any any news? Um, no. In a nutshell, I think is that there was a, there was talk of. Um, Craig Gordon potentially from Celtic. Um, if, oh, the uh, gay Gordon. Yeah, or if uh, <laughs> if Begovic had left, but um, it doesn't look like that's happening. And yeah. then uh, there was obviously the um, the the late you know um, scramble for a potential uh, Musa Dembele move in in terms of what the papers are thinking. He's also but, Celtic striker. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, um, and he was in London today, but uh, apparently that's because he's getting knee scans. Right, well, that's um, not good, is it, for a transfer? He's getting yeah, exactly. Scans. You know, Ch- Chelsea. Well, actually, you know what? It, it, it probably sits in Chelsea culture, doesn't it? Always buy Croc strikers. So, uh, yeah. but there, uh, yeah, I, I don't think anything's happening. But at the same time, nothing needs to happen, does it? Really, they bought Ake back from his loan. You got yep. Charlie Musonda back from his loan at Betis now as well. Did I not see Kennedy on the? Yep, Kennedy um, played on Sunday. Bet. No, he came he played on. on Sunday. Did he come? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, immediately after when. Um, uh, 3-0 up I think it was immediately yeah it was 3-0 and then uh, immediately when Ivanovic scored that goal uh, you know Conte the... in, straight out of his dugout was like Kennedy Kennedy come on and he came on and played where's he been then it was at Watford but he was injured Yeah, um, ah. so he didn't really get many games and then by the time he did got fit Matt Zari had his team so he didn't really give him any opportunities well, so he I came like back him. mid-December yeah I like him as well I was surprised that they let him go at all especially when they started playing the wing backs yeah, I, I know Alonso's done a good job but I thought really, you know, in that in terms of a left wing back, Kennedy could do 
something just as good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, there's not that many... Um... Do you know what the significance is about playing Kennedy, though? Do you, know, do you know what that significance is? You would know this. Oh, what? And the fact that he can't go on loan again because he's played for two teams already this that's season. It. He can't go on loan again, so we've got until the end of the season now. Yeah. Which so is that, why so that thought... must have been a reason for playing him, if he, if he thinks he's a squad member. Yeah, but I think as well, on, on top of that, I think it was a case of just getting a look at him because he hasn't seen him play in, in a game situation. So there was a lot of time. He's got a lot of flair, the boy, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Know, and that's, of... what's, that's what's great, you know. Remember Norwich? Norwich away last year, I think it was, when he scored early Yeah, he scored straight away, yeah. yeah. But then he, um, he's got a bit about him. He, he, he came under the radar um, the last summer of Jose and he did well in the pre-season tour. I think he scored against PSG or Barcelona, one of the two. Um, and no one really knew what to expect from him. And then as things started, you know, Chelsea started losing matches, I think it was against Crystal Palace. Jose put him on at left back and then suddenly we saw this. It was like, oh, OK, this kid seems like he's got something. And the way he played in those games, I thought that you know, when we started playing with wing backs, it'd have been ideal. Chinook but. warning. <laughs> what is that? Black Hawk down? Uh, yeah. Are they getting ready for the state visit of someone? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well, that's good. That's good to know. So we've got Aki and we've got uh, Kennedy. Yeah, and also so. there's, um, yeah, Charlie Musonda as well, who was on loan at Betis. They cut that short. Well, he was he, injured, wasn't he? Yeah, and he, he was on the bench on Sunday and we thought he might have got a game, but he didn't. Um, uh, yeah, so... It could be Dembele flying to Stamford Bridge, couldn't it? Um, but, yeah, so they've they brought loan players back. And I think it's interesting now that we've got a man, or Chelsea have got a manager who isn't just open to opening a checkbook up. You know, he's um, he's willing to look at what we've got in terms of loan players and players but in the squad. We risk of shooting myself at the end of this evening. You know, this whole Dembele thing, this whole, this whole sort of Sky Sports, mm. it seems to me it's like the Sky Sports, uh, you know... January sale, doesn't it? It's yeah. kind of... Well, it had a couple of good ones, didn't it? And it did them the power of good. And then I think everybody's realised that there's absolutely no value in January. And any team worth their salt, unless they desperately need it, is going to wait until the summer to do their deals. Yeah. No team with any chance of achieving anything in a season is going to let their best players go. Yeah. You know, so I think if we're in for a Maratta or, you know, that type of player, it's going to be in the summer. It's not going yeah. to be in January. I, I think as well that had Chelsea not been top and playing the football they are, maybe they would have dipped into the market in that they had the benefit they could go out and sign a big name player now. Because... Well, they've got 70 million pounds to spend. Yeah. Because yeah. of Oscar and, uh, and Bamford. Yeah. Uh, but, but I just think looking at it that you, you I know, love you the way Bamford is little short of poultry. <laughs> Tacked on the end there. <laughs> a couple of nine million or whatever it was. Got the 10, got the 10 million for him. <laughs> but yeah, normally this time of year we're in the Champions League and anyone, anyone we sign is not going to be able to play. You know, like when we signed um, Matic three years ago, it's gone quick. Um, when he came back, he, he was um, obsolete for that Champions League campaign. So when we played uh, PSG later on that season, he, he wasn't around. And um, so whereas now, you know, if we'd signed anyone, they'd have been able to play all our matches between now and the end of the season. So mm. I think had we not been top, we might have gone back in and tried to get six months ahead. But right. there's no need, is there? You know, what, why, um, why unsettle the squad when it's, it's looking good? While we're talking about transfers, can I just mention one that may be outgoing, that is almost certainly outgoing in Mr. Branislav Ivanovic? I think a genuine legend. A genuine legend. Oh, he's, he's done he's well slowed, for the club. He's slowed up a bit in the last couple of years and, you know, it's probably the right time for him to move on. 
Um, sorry for this pausing, but we do seem to have a, a pneumatic drill above our heads at the moment, which I is think slightly distracting. <laughs> thinks it's a Chinook, doesn't it? That's but, um, but you know, Branislav Ivanovic. I think you know, if you look at his record, he signed for us in January two thousand and eight from Lokomotiv Moscow for eight million pounds. He's made three hundred and seventy six appearances and scored thirty four goals. He's won two league titles: the Champions League, the Europa League, in which he scored the winner. Three FA Cups, League Cup. I mean, the guys won it all. I think you know. I think a round of applause for Branislav Ivanovic. Yeah. Can I just say about Ivanovic? Um, I interviewed him on the day he signed for Chelsea. Did you? Yeah, because I, I was working for you the must club. Must have been at the time. about four years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was. Excuse um, me, Mister Ivanovic. Yeah. But he, he had a lot more hair than he's got now. But um, so did you, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Not on my face. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, so I was working for the club, and um, I remember getting in there bright and early to do it, and um, it was all through an interpreter. And, uh, but his agent was hanging around at the time and um, he was telling me about how uh, Jose tried to sign him that summer. And obviously it was the summer that led into Jose they leaving They do say you September. are difficult to understand, don't they? He can understand my uh, cockney tones. <laughs> uh, didn't he, uh, if I remember rightly, science was for £8 million and then didn't play for yeah, ages. He, and he was this kind of mystery signing, so, wasn't he? The, the issue was with him, that, or was with him, is that um, at the time the, the Russian league was um, on the calendar year rather than the academic year, if you like. And um, he hadn't played since November with Lokomotiv Moscow. Academic I've never even nice. thought of it like Very that. Very nice. Like that. Well, <laughs> I'm a scholar. <laughs> but he, um, so he hadn't played for a few months, and then he'd got married in that time as well, been on his honeymoon. So he was on the cooks when he came in. But um, right. I remember there was always a story that was going around the, the training ground at the time because there was a young kid called Frank Newble who yeah, was one of the, the early young hopes. Did he go to um, West Ham? Yeah, he went to West Ham, then to yeah. Ipswich, then to Swindon. Yeah. Um, but he, he was the young hope at the time, and he was training with the first team, and... Um, one of the coaches was laughing because he had put Ivanovic on his ass because he just skinned him. Right. And, but, and everyone was a bit worried, thinking, you know, who is this guy we signed? You know, I think they ended up making him train with the youth team to get fit. And then they went away for the summer and he didn't do much. I think he made his debut in the League Cup that September, but then obviously eventually grew into the player. Because he, he always looked like he couldn't run, could he? Yeah. Because his and little pigeon, the little pigeon run, and didn't an, An enormous backside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then as he got fitter, he, he, you know, we signed him as a centre-back and then they ended up moving into right-back. Nah, he was a good servant for the he club. He was. Great. I mean, some great memories as well. Obviously, the two goals against Liverpool. The um, fantastic goal in the, um, uh, the Europa League final. You know, massive goals in the Champions League. And he had League. a bit of the old school about him, didn't he? In his sort of fouling and his cheating. Yeah, but he wasn't. He, 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 was had, he had a good temperament, though, yeah, didn't he? He, he never lashed temp- out. He, he never... always <laughs> say sorry to the ref, didn't he? But talking of his could... fouling and cheating, I thought he, to, to win the penalty that made it um, 4-0 in the end on, on Sunday, um, he did a bit of a swan dive as well, didn't he? And he was rolling around, holding his ankle, and he got the penalty, just got up. I was like, oh, OK. And of course, he scored on, on, uh, on the weekend as well. You know, he what did. a great farewell. Yeah, it was. He, yeah. he looked like the Ivanovic of old, didn't he? And in that move as well, the way he he played the ball out of defence and, yeah. and kept up. Pulis was, was in the. Uh... Yeah. Oh yeah, but Pulis was in the crowd. Yeah, he wants him, doesn't he? But he's and looks he, like he looks he's gone after. Yeah, yeah, to Zenit now, isn't it? Not to Zenit and pieces, but well, I think we all wish him the best of luck. Yeah, yeah. we do. Excellent. So, shall we look? Shall we look at the game itself? Have we made nine changes to the starting eleven that played against Hull? Um, in came Begovic, Zuma, uh, Chiloba, Ake, um, and Loftus Cheek, uh, and Batshuayi, and JT. So, you know, lots of players coming in. You know, might have been a little bit ring rusty, might have been a little bit slow to get off the mark. But I thought we started the game gangbusters, but it started really well and um, set the tone straight away. During the first twenty minutes, it was over, wasn't it? It was really? just um, yeah. 
professional and ruthless, which I think is what the team's been all about this season. We had that brilliant, um, almost like axe, triangular axis of uh, William, Pedro and Fabregas kind of providing the fulcrum for everybody, giving that experience. And it was William, of course, who scored that brilliant free kick to, to set to set things well, on the way. Well, he looks like he's back onto his form a bit now. I mean, not that saying he wasn't on his form, but um, he looks like he's, you know, that pace, especially against a team like Brentford. He just could walk through them, couldn't he? They didn't have a chance, did they? It was a couple <laughs> of times. someone of his class. And I pace. Mean, Both yeah, of them, Pedro. I mean, Pedro and him yeah. just roasted them, didn't he? Yeah. Obviously, seven minutes later, Pedro, you know, scores after a great... Now, listen, the ball that came over from Batshuayi, was that aimed for Loftus-Cheek? Or was I know, it? I'm still trying to work it out whether it was or not. But if it was for William, obviously, it was, it was a good enough ball for Loftus-Cheek anyway. But yeah. if it was aimed for... Um, Pedro saw it, it, it was for Loftus an exquisite ball. <laughs> it was though, wasn't it? <laughs> of course, it was. <laughs> the thing is, what, what I thought was funny is how Batshuayi ran off, as if to say he meant that. Anyway, can run he over needs to Pedro. every little bit of help he can get, doesn't yeah. he? In a funny sort of way. And while we're, while we're talking about about Brentford, um, obviously one of our our ex players uh, came on and played, which was Josh McEachran, who was you know a big hope for us uh, a few years back. He's still only twenty three. And Gary, you caught up with him, didn't you, uh, after the game and had a quick chat with him about his reception? Yeah, I did. And um, he was he was happy with it as well, and he, he said he was um, surprised. But rather than hear from me, then we might as well hear what Josh had to say. Yeah, I know exactly. I wasn't expecting that much of a big reception, but yeah, it's obviously it's nice. They still tweet me and stuff most days, want me to come back and stuff. So it's not yeah, it's good reception. Just a, a word on on what Conte's doing with the young players, because similar to what Ancelotti did with yourself. Do you think maybe if you'd had a manager? like him who's giving these young players more chance that we'd be seeing you at Chelsea now? You can never tell really because you know, never know what the manager's um, how he feels uh, when Ancelotti here he liked me I was playing under him as he's doing with um, Chalabur Loftus-Cheek Aki now he's got him back from Bournemouth so I wish him all the best and hope they get a lot more game time So that was uh, Josh McEachran talking, talking to you Gary and did you get the sense that there was an element of regret there about, about not maybe playing longer for Chelsea or getting a chance at Chelsea? Yeah I think so and um I think that you could see there were moments in the game when you could see his quality as a player that, um, that there was, was a moment in the first half that I think had he been playing in a team like Chelsea or a team in the Premier League where he had players around him that were on the same wavelength that he might have got a bit more joy and got into the game a bit more because I think the game did pass him by a little bit but um, maybe I'm looking at it too sympathetically but I think maybe that's because of what's around him because there was a moment where he got the ball midway into our half and he, he made this lovely threaded pass um, you know, into the box and had their striker been on the same wavelength as him and anticipated it, it, it could have been a potential goal for them. But the striker was a few yards off the pace and it allowed um, Begovic to come out and claim it. And then obviously, you know, the attack dies. But I thought you could see there were the elements of the play that we thought it was going to be. It's just that he hasn't had the, the chance to play at the highest level. And I think maybe if he gets a move from Brentford to a team that likes to play football more, that you might see more from him. But I think it was a disappointing performance really for him to, to come back. And I think there was that regret from him in, in that sense as well. But you felt did you did you like Josh when he played for Chelsea? Um, well, I never really, yeah. But I always saw what the problem was that he was a bit a bit lightweight, lovely, beautiful left foot. But um, maybe it's that pace and that athleticism that in the Premiership you kind of need that he just lacks a little bit. Maybe he'll get it. Maybe someone will pick him up and he'll be a star. But I think he's... He's not just been at Brentford, has he? He's been around the houses a little bit. Been on loan. He went out to Vitesse, didn't he, and a few other places. And yeah. <laughs> I read an interview. Is his where... brother still? His brother's still at Chelsea. Because what happened after the game, um, which wasn't in that clip, but I spoke to him about, um, he had this like embrace with Jody Morris, where they, I didn't realise they knew each other so well, but obviously because Jody's the, the coach of the under-18s now, where his brother's playing, so they get to know each other well. But he, he's still very much a, 
a Chelsea boy, if you like, because um, I spoke to Chaloba as well, and he told me that they're next door neighbours. You know, so they played in these uh, young teams together at Chelsea, and uh, they come through together, obviously, from a young age, and and now they live bang on next door to each other. So they said there was a lot of banter leading into the game as well, and they walked off arm in arm into the Stamford Bridge night. What did Nathaniel Chaloba think of his uh, outing? Yeah, he, he he was happy with it, and he's just happy to be getting minutes. And um, I tried to get out of him about how you know playing in Serie A last season. I know he didn't play consistently there but at Napoli yeah yeah yeah, Napoli just trying to get an idea of how that's um, impacted him I said oh how's your Italian he said very good you know I was like oh no Italian you know but he um as good as yours didn't even know what Bongiorno was oh no (laughs) embarrassing and I'm from Peterborough as well but um Yeah, because there's a lot of Peter, uh, a lot of Italians okay, in Peterborough. Just to clarify, yeah. yeah so, so when Italy won the World Cup in 2006, they're all out in their Fiat 500s with the horns like Bee! it was like being in Rome. But um, but yeah, so yeah, they're just happy to be playing these young lads. And um, I think Loftus Cheek was a bit disappointed that he didn't score. But I think you know they're, they're with a manager that isn't necessarily giving them you know game time every week, but they're getting moments and they're getting opportunities. And um, I think they're looking better for it. Brilliant. Listen, let's just take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. We'll be back after this. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no, that's that's the acting. <laughs> from behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. And we're back. And uh, just to continue the theme of young players uh, making their um, appearance on Saturday, you mentioned Loftus Cheek. I thought he had a decent game. I mean, did you did you manage to catch any of the game for? I only saw the highlights. Yeah, he, he, he's been working on Saturdays, not, yes. not being a lightweight. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I thought he was all right. I'm not sure about him. No, I'm not sure that's his position. You know, on the, on the left what, side of the front think, three. I think the problem with him at the moment is. He needs the games in the big against big boys and against grown men. I think he's a bit of a bully when he was in the um, youth team and stuff because he's such a big, a big lump. And um, it's nice to see him. He's got to find out wh- what he is. Yeah. I think a bit. I think everybody's yeah. got to find out what he is, yeah. including him, because yeah. obviously he started off as a holding midfield player. They played him as a number ten. He's now on the left of a front three. They're, they're trying to find, but the boy's still young, and maybe that you know maybe, that, maybe that's a good thing. Trying to find out and something will click. And remember, Gareth Bale started off. He'll as a end left up back as and, a left wing back. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> what do you think, Gary? He had a lovely, he had a, a lovely shot from outside the area. One that hit the bar. You know, a couple of other opportunities. He got himself in the right places. Yeah, uh, see, I thought it was probably his best performance. Um, but then he's coming against Brentford and they're struggling in the championship, so you sort of expect it. But um, I thought overall he looked a bit more confident, but there's, we're chatting about it at half-time and um, there's a few moments in the game where he gets the ball and he, he, he bursts past players, but then he slows down because he looks around as if to think, 
I need to pass it to a bigger name. I don't think he's completely comfortable, even though he's been at the club since a young kid. I think he's still in awe of the players he's well, playing games with. like Wolves away in the next round of the Cup will be good for him. Yeah. But whether he'll get a game against Wolves away... Yeah, that is it, exactly it, that. I thought that last night when, when the draw came out. I just thought, OK, get another championship side. But as it's away, they've just beaten Liverpool. Is Conte going to be willing to risk it? I think he should. You know, I think he should give these guys the confidence, you know, show the confidence in them that he's, yeah. he's happy for them to go to Molyneux and perform. But at the same time, they've got Chelsea. I know it's only two games in the cup, but they've got Chelsea to the fifth round. Well, luckily, I think what's happening is because he is bedding these players in, Chelsea look better. The second string, if, if you yeah. want to call them that, look better every time they play. Yeah. And a lot better than Liverpool's second string and a lot of other clubs. We look like, you know, our squad is good yeah, it's I'm, funny isn't it because I, I looked at our school at the beginning and I thought it was a bit thin but actually I think a few of these you know so called youth players if you like the young players have really stepped up this season and you know players like you know Chalabar and Ake and Loftus-Cheek don't look out of place they really yeah. don't look out of place whether they're as good as the superstar names is, is debatable but they certainly don't look out of place but that, that's the problem Chelsea have always had is that and I think it's a problem Premier League wide not just with Chelsea but because there is so much money available and especially to you know teams like Palace now that you know the fringe the fringe players that would be the young kids they're multi-millionaire signings now and I think that's always been the problem and at Chelsea when we've been spending so much money that you know I remember we used to have Deco on the bench you know, how can a young kid I know they're playing a different position but a player like McEachran at the same time that Deco's rotting away on the bench how can you justify Deco being sat on 150 grand a week and not getting in the matchday squad. Well, to be fair, Pedro, Pedro and William spent, uh, not Pedro, uh, Oscar and William spent a lot of time on the bench this year. But, but that's the positive thing in that now that Oscar's gone, he's freeing the space up that mm. for these cup games, Oscar would have played on, on Saturday. But now you're seeing Loftus-Cheek play, now you're seeing Chaloba play. You know, and th- th- those fringe players are becoming the youth players. Now he's players. gone to Shanghai, S I G P N, whatever they're called. Or something. <laughs> now, Phil, you and I are uh, a gentleman of a certain age. Yes. We have a certain nostalgia for the FA Cup. We remember uh-huh. the great uh, Saturdays when we would sit in, when there were only three TV channels, and we were almost forced to watch the FA Cup. And we used to watch it from 10 o'clock in the morning and all the build up and everything, uh-huh. and it was a very big deal. Gary, you're, you're a much younger specimen. I did does that in FA- though. Does the F- oh, no, I, I appreciate that. But you know, we go back all the way back to 1970. Do you? Um, do you? Does the magic of the FA Cup still hold for you? Do you still see it as a serious competition? Yeah, definitely. You know, I remember growing up and um, when Chelsea lost the '94 Cup final. You know, going to school and getting. How old were you then? Out of interest, I was uh, ten. Mm-hmm. I was get, getting scraps in the playground because everyone was Man United fans, and I was there crying and. Um, I wore my Chelsea shirt to school. It was the uh, the white away kit that season with the red pinstripes. Mm. And um, you know, but I remember being the reason I brought it up was being so upset. Because I thought that's the only time I'm ever going to see Chelsea at Wembley. And obviously, '97 happens, and I remember going to my local news agent and buying all the magazines. I still got them, you know, and wearing my Chelsea scarf, my uh, like Jester hat, you know, Zola on the back. You know, mad about it. And did you go to the to the game? No, no, I didn't go to '97. I went uh, 2000. And, you know, so th- these moments were big for me. And I, you know, I used to get the train down to London by myself, you know, to go watch Chelsea and seeing him in the FA Cup. And were you an orphan then? No, uh, it, what, what it was is that my, my parents, they, they couldn't afford to, <laughs> oh. for everyone to go. So I'd pretend I was going off to town and I'd go and get the train by myself and 
go down to Chelsea and if my parents found out they'd, you know give me give me a, a right one I think but uh, I went to the 94 and the 97 cup final I remember the 94 cup final I had a terrible cold really bad flu that day and obviously we got spanked 4-0 by Man United but the 97 cup final the Di Matteo cup final was amazing first, yeah, first time in 27 years I went to the 1970 we went. I mean, we met up after the '97 Cup final. No, 1970. 1970, but after the 1997 Cup we final, did. yeah, in a pub in Kensington. That's I right. To in our drinking days. In Andy. our drinking days. <laughs> <laughs> see, for me as well, though, to, to answer your question, Andy, is that see, you know, I was brought up that in the, in the playground for me, I, I was always Peter Osgood playing football, and everyone's like, "Who's that?" And because I was brought up on this, I always talk about it, the six memorable matches video that the BBC released from Chelsea, and you know, the '90s, the team in the '70s, and you know, the '60s, and I remember watching the the FA Cup final replay like it happened in my time, and obviously it didn't. So to me, Chelsea's great moments are about the FA Cup, and then mm. the first trophy we won was the FA Cup, and then we won it in two thousand, then we won it in two thousand and seven, and the way we bookended old Wembley and new Wembley. Yeah, so to me, it's an amazing though, competition. Mate. You're Kevin McAllister. <laughs> that's what's his name that's why he thinks he's Chris Sutton uh, <laughs> oh, he scored a few more though he scored a few more than Sutton so what do we think about Batshuayi because obviously he came on he got a, he got a run out uh, you know we've, we've done this uh, thing where we've played the kind of if you like the false nine uh, instead of Batshuayi but he gets given his chance he comes on um, you know there was a few flaws in his game he didn't hold the ball up very well but there were moments and obviously he scored the penalty in the 81st minute and you know ran around a lot what, what do we th- what do we think of Batshuayi has he got a future uh, well uh, listen he keeps scoring goals is is it, I suppose his games to goal ratio if I look at it that way he's all right you know there you go I, I, you know I don't want to be hard on the boy yet he might he's he still might a baby come, isn't he? he you know he might he might become good you know he's an know. expensive baby yeah. yeah I think well that's why we don't need Dembele as well <sighs> mm. I think the stats look good yeah but obviously we've all got Tammy Abraham out on loan so you know you've got a few strikers to come back but I think you look at the stats and they're impressive I think you look at the performances they maybe tell a little bit of a different story but I think that seeing him from the, you know, the development from when he played against Bristol Rovers in the League Cup he's a bit erratic then then he played against Posh my hometown team you know, in the FA Cup third round and he looked a bit too eager to impress whereas I think this weekend he looked a bit more mature. He wasn't as erratic in front of goal. He seemed a bit calmer. He smiled a bit more, didn't yeah. he? And I think maybe because Conte's had a word with him and they've they've addressed a, a few issues, but he seemed calmer. And because of that, he got the assist for Pedro's goal. He was involved a lot more in attacks and he was making the right decisions at the right time. Whereas against Posh, he, he seemed to hold on to the ball a bit too long. Maybe in, a, in the same way Loftus-Cheek did at, at times on Saturday. Why did he bring Costa on? Didn't seem to be any reason to need to do that. Yeah, that was, that was a strange one. We thought we'd have Might be else. something to do with their sort of relationship, mightn't it? M- maybe there was an appearance that- bonus and uh, Conte wanted to get halves with him or something. I surely do that these days. <laughs> surely maybe his little back, he said, look, let's give your little back a, 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 a run out. Yeah. Hey, see if you've got a pain in your back. 22 shots we had uh, in that game to Brentford 6. You know, so we were we were dominant, weren't Come we? Come on, I mean, we you know, dominant. Brentford had more chance last time when they played us than they have this, which was four 0 as well. You know, they didn't, you re- they didn't really turn up, did you they? You fancy Chelsea big? It, it was a banker. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a shame as well, though, because I did expect more from them, um, but I thought they played a bit too open and they just left so much so much space on and the flanks and they flanks. left their best centre fo- centre forward because they wanted to sell him on the bench he's I mean, been sold today he's gone to Villa today you think yeah. yourself well you know if you want to win the game you've got to play them all 
So yeah. Mitchie Bishwai had been involved in six goals in three starts at the bridge uh, for Chelsea this year. Four goals and two assists. Williams scored in three of his past four FA Cup games. Three goals and all the goals coming at Stamford Bridge. And uh, Pedro's equaled his goal tally for Chelsea from last season. Eight in 40 games after just 24 appearances this season. So, you know, there's some, some players stepping up to the plate in yeah, terms of scoring better, uh, goals. Pedro, definitely. Yeah. We'll play tonight then, William or Pedro? I think Pedro. Uh, get, getting on yeah. to Chelsea-Liverpool. I think the question should be who's going to play Hazard or William. I think Pedro's played himself right into that team. I think I was looking at the stats oh, he'll today. Play that he'll definitely I, I, play Hazard. I, I know he will, but just trying to look at, you know, in terms of when we, you know, we think Hazard's an instant, you know, banker that he's going to start. But I think his form of late's been pretty poor. And you look at what he's delivered since the beginning of December. He's only scored twice. And in that time, Pedro's got five. So yeah. I think it shows who's on form and who I isn't. I think it'll be Hazard Costa Pedro in that front three. And I think it'll be uh, Matic and Kante. I think Fabregas because of Pedro's a little work rate as well. I think up and but, down, yeah, up and down. Of course, he but, played. At, he played at you know right fullback on Saturday. I so love he's that. Got that in him. The flea. I call him the flea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's really he's he's won you round a bit, isn't he, Pedro? Because you weren't a massive fan, were you last well, season? They weren't great, was he? No, he wasn't. But I'm just saying, no. it's, he's he's a player that you know you're a difficult man to win round. Well, and, he, I still would play William instead of Pedro personally would you yeah. yes I think he's more of an all round uh, more all round but you know I'm, uh, I am like uh, you but if Hazard ain't playing great stick him on the bench for one yeah I know it sounds silly because on on merit on you know and reputation he's by far and away Chelsea's best player but the way he's playing just recently but tonight I think we get a break you know with them coming at us which they will do tonight that sort of quick break with Hazard, might you ask? Yeah, and it is these sort of nights, you know, that Hazard's made for, and the, the, the you know the games that he really gets himself up for. But just just to look at that, you know, we, we are is the debate, isn't it, William or Pedro? But I think maybe we should start bringing Hazard into a bit because I don't think he should be an instant starter if he's performing the way that he is. He's just got magic in those boots, and you know, you know that on in big game occasions, you kind of need that. You need that little bit of supernatural magic. You know, which he has probably more than anybody else in the team. I know what you're saying. I don't think he deserves any player deserves an automatic starting place. But if any player does, it's probably him or Costa. You know, just in terms of you know what they've done this season. I know he's dropped off a little bit in recent games, Hazard, but you know he started the season gangbusters, didn't he? So yeah. Listen, so we've got a big game tonight. We're recording this on Tuesday at and currently six o'clock. With two hours' time, we're playing Liverpool. Big week this. We've got Liverpool tonight. We've got Arsenal on Saturday. Yeah. Six points from these games, and you know who knows. Six points from these games, it'd be brilliant. But uh, what do you? What would you be happy with? Four points from six. Two. Two points. Two draws. Two draws do me, but you know I'm hoping for more, but. All I can think of is the way we just got battered by Liverpool and battered by Arsenal last time we played them, and it puts the fear of God in me. Even though I think we're a better side now, play a different formation, yeah, and it's, it's a different thing. But you know, these these games worry me, obviously. But that's football for you. Just to set it up, mm. then Chelsea after twenty two games have fifty five points. Arsenal in second uh, have forty seven points. Spurs forty six and Liverpool forty five. Other games tonight, Arsenal playing Watford at the Emirates. Uh, Sunderland have got Spurs uh, up in the northeast. Uh, Man City are away to West Ham. And it's Man United Hull at Old Trafford. So, you know, some of those games could go well, the Watford could do, all right? Yeah. You never know with Watford. Sunderland Spurs, you never know with that one as well. You know, there's a couple. Yeah. I mean, as we've always said, it's the draws that kill you. It's always the draws that kill you, yeah. particularly if you're chasing. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um 
the concern is here is Chelsea lose back-to-back games and then obviously what it does is all the good work that they've done between now and well between October and now obviously starts to look a bit shaky but I think obviously you know Klopp made the point of saying oh they, they must feel a bit be upset that we they've won so many games and we're only six points behind them obviously since that time Chelsea have gone on to um to extend their lead over Liverpool but I think it's important that Chelsea just, you know if they come out of it with three points I think without sounding too pessimistic I think that they might lose tonight but win on Saturday well you know let, let's see but I, I think there's reason for optimism they've only won one in the last eight Liverpool I mean they've got I think Mane coming back from the African Cup of Nations but he missed the crucial penalty for Algeria when they got knocked out he's been on a private jet and I think he may start on the bench Lalana's back but he's had a bit of a knock you know they don't look like a team to be terrified of I think if they're going to get themselves up for any game it'll be this game so we can't be complacent mm. but I think there's a lot of optimism for this game you know we've got Arsenal at the bridge you know which you know which we've always had a, let's hope it's a, a brilliant game a that's what our thing the fact I is, the fact is that even if we lose both of these games we'll still be two points clear and that's assuming that all the other teams are going to win all their games so I, I'm optimistic I have to say yeah. I remain optimistic I'll take four points from six I'll take three. I'll, I'll take I'll, six. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think that I think we'll lose tonight. It's just got one of those, just Liverpool and the way that it seems to go against them up there. I know, but in saying that, they haven't beat us in the last four games there. But well, I just think Arsenal, they're, they're always using them as a barometer for where Chelsea are. Whether if Chelsea are crap, they lose to them. And when Chelsea are good, they beat them. And I think that's what happened on Saturday. They'll beat them. But I think they'll lose against, against Liverpool. Okay, interesting. Our fancy is beating them tonight. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your forthcoming documentary, Gary? What's it called? Uh, yeah, so um, just working on uh, the Chelsea Chronicle at the moment, which is a um, a six part, one hour, six one hour episodes um, that's going to be released in the summer. We're hoping, um, and it's just about the history of Chelsea in the last twenty five years, just putting into context where the club is and how they've got there. Really, so um, the first episode starts with talking about the Barcelona game from 2005 to 4-2 when John Terry scored that header um, just to put into context about you know how Ronald, Chelsea Ronaldinho scored that goal yeah exactly and you know how Chelsea it, it was yeah it was, and it was almost a turning point for the modern Chelsea if you like that Abramovich had been there for two years we'd beaten Arsenal in the Champions League the year before but this was the first time that Chelsea as a club went to toe to toe one of the big boys and came out on top and, and then from there it rewinds back to when Hoddle came in and tells the story from Hoddle in 93, right up to winning the um, the the Champions League in 2012. And I've been going around speaking to some players and um, I've got a little clip to play now, which is um, an interview of Lampard talking about that Barcelona 4-2 game, just to give a flavour of, of what it's going to involve. Oh, let's have a listen. Yeah, it was, a, it was an incredible time for us at Chelsea. You know, it was the early Jose Mourinho days and we had a great spirit. Um, Barcelona were an amazingly talented team at the time. And um, I think for us, it was a, a really tough tie to go away and get the result. It was crucial for us. We scored away from home, um, which gave us an opportunity. There was obviously a lot of controversy around the game, and that, I think that fired us both up for the second leg. Um, but then in the second leg, we, we flew out and uh, played some of the, probably the best 20 or so minutes of football that Stamford Bridge has ever seen, I would say. Amazing. That's brilliant, Gary. So, so where can people find out a little bit more? When can they expect it? So we're hoping to put it out in the summer. And... Um, if, if people listen to podcasts and they listen to, to Serial, which is where this idea was born from, they'll get an idea for what it's going to be about. So it's in podcast form, but it's more of a documentary, so it's not a round table like we're doing now. Yeah. Um, and what we're doing, the reason we're talking about it now is we're doing a Kickstarter campaign because um, we're trying to raise the funds to, to pay for the, the sound mix and everything else because we need some, some pros to do it. So um, we've got 
a lot of Chelsea players involved that have been interviewed. Um, but now we're just looking to get fans behind it to, to put it out there because it's going to be available for free. Where can they, where can they go so to? So if they go to, to Kickstarter and they um, just look up the Chelsea Chronicle podcast, they can find us there or go on Twitter, Chelsea underscore pod. Or if you go on the, uh, the website, ChelseaChronicle.com, then all the information's there. Brilliant. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you're going to be on the, the programme many, many more times uh, to keep us updated. Rambling down everyone's throat saying, give us your money. Absolutely. I sound like Bob Geldof. Brilliant. Well, let's, let's, um, let's, uh, let's draw a line under this week's podcast by, by getting a few predictions. Uh, Liverpool first. Liverpool three, Chelsea four. Interesting. Gary, Liverpool? One, Chelsea nil. Oh, you're going to go Liverpool winning. It's going to be a tight, boring game and they'll sneak They'll it. They'll nick it. I think, we're going, I think we're going to win 2 0. I've been doing all right with two nils recently. Um, and Arsenal on Saturday. Chelsea, four. Arsenal, two. So I'm going to go for four nil. I think we're going to completely spank him. I'm going to go through. Yeah, you can. I'm going to go. I'm going to go three nil as well. Look, I'm going clean sheets. I think clean sheets has been our real saviour this year. I think I'm going for loads of goals. (laughs) (laughs) Value for money. Value for money on that BT Sports subscription. (laughs) Great stuff, guys. Uh, Well, we're off to to watch the game now, and uh, fingers crossed, it's uh, it's a good week. Uh, Otherwise, we're going to come back a little bit low next week. So, thanks very much, Phil. Cheers. Thanks very much, Gary Hayes. Thank you. And goodbye from me. Bye. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for The Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.